All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. It is a Thursday. Uh, week seven is complete. It is in the rearview mirror, but we're going to uh, we're going to go game by game. Jeff here. Brad, how are you, sir? Dude, I'm doing well. Um, obviously, the Steelers never seen them be the last undefeated team, so this is really cool for me from a personal standpoint. But also as a neutral, a neutral spectator, a lot of these games are really good. There's a lot of close ones all weekend. And uh, it was really fun. Yeah, I don't know about you, but just uh, your team was playing. Um, my team was not. But the 1 o'clock slate of games, and we'll, we'll obviously, obviously we'll get into this, but was very good, very competitive. Fantastic. Uh, I think there was one game that was decided by more than – or two games decided by more than a touchdown. So for the most part, close games. And, uh, you know, the, the great teams are being – separated from the good teams and and we'll get right into that so uh without further ado let's start with thursday night we didn't get to talk about this on the live show uh the new york giants travel to the eagles on on thursday uh they take the loss it was a very close game back and forth uh the giants kind of led for the majority but the eagles pick up the w they moved to two four and one and they dropped the giants to one and six uh with a score of 22 to 21 uh I know this this game meant a lot to you for uh, for a survival pick. Uh, it was a ballsy pick. What what do you think? Um, well, I just was taking quarterback, and that's it. Uh, yeah. Carson went. Um, it was a real nail biter. They were down by eleven with like five minutes left in the game. Intense, yeah. intense finish. Just Evan Ingram drops the game, gives Carson Wentz another chance, and, and you can't do it. Um, Carson Wentz, I believe, is still a top eight seven-ish quarterback in the league. He's really working with nothing. Um, on the flip side, Giants team with no Saquon and a really bad defense at times. Um, I was higher on them this year coming in. I didn't expect one and six, but um, I really think the Giants, they're not looking at this year anymore, one and six. I mean, maybe you could say they are because they're only two games out of first place. But I don't think they have a shot to win this division. But if this team can maybe through free agency in the draft work on the defense and get Saquon Barkley back, I do believe the Giants will be um, – they'll at least be a contender in the NFC East over the next few years. But this game specifically, uh, they had they had the Eagles dead to rights, and they couldn't close the game. And uh, Carson Wentz, I don't know what's up with his second and third quarters, but the very beginning and at the very end, Carson Wentz has been money. Um, he did it without Zach Ertz. He did it without Miles Sanders. Um, Deshaun Jackson got hurt before the final drive. And um, Richard Rodgers, 6 for 85. Fulgham, 5 for 73. Uh, Boston Scott with the game-winning touchdown. You just got to love what Carson Wentz has been able to do with this terrible team. Even though they're 2-4-1, and one, they played the Steelers tough. They played the Ravens tough. They were able to come back and beat the Giants. They They really haven't laid down in any game and, and that's good to see from an Eagles fan but the game overall was two bad teams and it was actually really really fascinating to watch I gave you a chance and you didn't talk about it so I'm gonna just start off with it um there's a play in this game that will be on a uh an NFL meme for the end of time <laughs> Dan Daniel Jones is the leading rusher in this game he has 92 rushing yards it's on four carries um 80 of it <laughs> 80 of it came on one carry 
where he he runs a read option play and takes it off to the right off the right tackle and uh it's a house call there ain't nobody catching him except (laughs) he trips uh at the i believe it was the 10 yard line 20 yard line i mean he comes up short and uh it would have been good for second all time um for the longest rush by a qb it would have been just shy of terrell Pryor's record of 93 yards I, I can't even believe it happened. He's literally just running in, in plain daylight. If you have not seen the play, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go to Google and type in Daniel Jones. The rest will auto-populate for you. I promise uh, it's worth a watch. It's a very silly moment, but back to the game. God, we, can we stop criticizing Carson Wentz at this point? The, the man doesn't have help. Continues to... Um, he doesn't continue to win, but he continues to keep his team in, uh, in contention every game and the bad teams they are going to win because this is a bad football team, but at the same token they're they are well coached and they have a good quarterback. And that was the simple difference in this one. Carson Wentz was the difference. I don't, I think you'd be hard pressed to find uh, anybody that would disagree. Uh, it just, the, the total yardage Philly out, out, outplayed them, uh, passing yards. It was not even close. Um, the rushing yards, yeah, I mean, New York had a better running game, but to be honest, um, without 90 of it or 80 of it, whatever the, the carry ended up being from Daniel Jones, it's not even close. Philly beats him there too. So uh, the, the Giants fumble twice and they throw one pick. So it's, it's a three to one turnover ratio. And that ends up being the difference. You know, uh, Evan Ingram has a big drop in this game. He has the most drops by any tight end since being drafted in the league. So yeah, you know, I don't. I don't know if they're going to move on from him. I, I know he's been the subject of trade for uh, about a year and a half now, truly. But uh, watch out for the Eagles if they can get some sort of of credibility. They're a team that you really just don't want to play because as, as bad as they are record wise, they're a good football team um, because they're coached well and they have a quarterback that just has a never say die attitude. Yeah. Kind, kind of the opposite. Is of, one of the yeah. best in the league. Yeah, I mean, truly, they're two years three years removed from a Super Bowl victory. Um, that alone, and I know people are like, well, he wasn't the, you know, he wasn't the quarterback. Like, no, I get that, but he got them there. I mean, he won like 10 plus games that year. Um, yeah, he, was MVP he was, he was MVP literally, uh, he was literally going to win the MVP and got hurt. And I think ended up Brady that year. But um, yeah, I mean, anyways, moving right along. Uh, game of the day. If Possibly. it's not, if it's not, it's number two. Uh, Seahawks, there's another Cardinals one. Was pretty crazy. Yeah, Seahawks Cardinals was was wild, but um, this one was damn good uh, by two very good football teams. I think we uh, both understood that going into this game. Um, I'm gonna let you take it away, and then I will uh, clean up the end. Um, we'll just say first and foremost, this was definitely a game of two halves. Um, the Steelers destroyed the Titans in the first half, and the Titans really gave it to the Steelers in the second half. Um, Steelers were just able to win their half by inevitably a field goal um, more. Uh, Derrick Henry only 28 rushing yards at half. I believe that speaks volumes to what the Steelers' rush defense is capable of, why they're number one defense, uh, I believe, in the league. Big Ben throws three interceptions. Um, if you guys did not see him, if you're just looking at the statistics, um, the first interception was just a Hail Mary to end the first half. 
Uh, the second one, you can put it on Ben if you want. Bat it at the uh, bat it at the line by a defensive lineman. Ball pops in the air. Linebacker catches it. I don't even like to put that one on him. The third one was alarming. Um, we had a chance late in the game to uh, third down, you know, maybe get some yards, extend the lead to six with a field goal and give it back to the Titans. And Ben throws the, one of the worst picks of the year by any quarterback. And um, it's alarming because late, late game situations, I know not everyone trusts Ben. Um, he can have the, he always wants the amazing play. And sometimes that catches up with him. Uh, with that being said, we ran the ball well. Um, we threw the ball well at times. Um, the defense played amazing outside of uh, the one touchdown by A.J. Brown. But the Titans played well, too, um, especially in the second half. Ryan Tannehill was doing just about anything he wanted. The Titans never turned the ball over, um, which was impressive by them. But if the Steelers lose the turnover battle by two to a 5-0 and Titans team and still come out with the victory, that's exciting. And for anybody who still holds reservations on the Steelers, even though they're 6-0, and um, if Ben is the weakest part of our team, that's scary for a lot of teams, I think. Um, I know we weren't unstoppable in the ground game, but we did beat the Titans in rushing yards. Um, there was a few tip balls that the Steelers almost had, but didn't weren't able to come down with. But at the end, it came down to a Goskowski field goal, and he wasn't able to put it through the uprights. Steelers move on, big game next week. But the Titans did not start the game very well. Um, they allowed a touchdown. They go three and out, and then allow another touchdown. Um, I also alluded to, and this is by no means a uh, a scapegoat or an excuse for the poor play in the second half. But before this game, I alluded to the fact that the Steelers oftentimes will play poor the week before a Ravens game. This often happens to the Cowboys and Eagles a lot. I feel they play poor before they play each other. Oftentimes looking forward, I believe uh, halftime got to us. Um, we were running over, we were steamrolling the Titans. And then uh, at halftime, I believe they started talking about the Ravens next week and it caught up with them. But this Titans team is really good. Steelers team is really good. Like we said, we both had them in the top three or four on our pick on our power rankings. And we said if this is a close game either way, these teams aren't going to move much. They didn't. The Titans are still a formidable opponent. Steelers are a really good opponent. And I have a feeling these two teams might be playing again sometime in January. Yeah, I had uh I watched this entire game. A, because I'm high on both of these teams and I wanted to see uh, a, a big boy football game. A, that's the biggest reason. Uh, B, I just kind of wanted to see what deciding factors would be to the winner. Um, so that I feel like I could, uh, you know, it, what, you know, just to take away any bias, which I don't think you were at all. A um, couple of, of big notes, and I'm shocked you didn't mention this. You did mention that the Steelers started the game with a touchdown. Uh, you failed to mention that it was 16 plays. Uh, well, just an absolute, an absolute incredible drive to start the game. And, uh, you know, alluding to the 16 plays, it took them 13 the, the next time they had the ball. Um, the one thing the Steelers, I feel, have done over the last Big Ben seasons, not including last year, is they've been able to move the ball down the field vertically. Uh, and this time they didn't even attempt to. Um, I, I really liked... 
if you go ahead and just look right down the stat board here, um, every single receiver averages under 10 yards a catch. And they were able to just destroy the Titans in the middle of the field and on, on short intermediate routes. And uh, you, you had alluded that they ran the ball well. I didn't think they ran it too well, but the one thing I thought they did extremely well was jet sweeps. But, and it's not going to show up on the stat board here as a rush because it was like it was a touch pass forward, so it goes down as a pass. Um, but Deontay Johnson had, I think, two separate touch pass um, jet sweeps that that went for 15 or so yards. I think he had 30-ish yards on what would be considered a rush attempt, but because right. it's a it's a forward touch pass. So I, I see what you mean there. I didn't think James Conner was a was a huge factor in this game. It was all Ben. But sadly enough, Ben also played um, somewhat poorly, especially late in the game where he threw that interception. Uh, and the Titans, I mean, you had predicted that he, Derrick Henry would be under 60. Um, I'm not going to beat you up for it. He only had 75 yards on 20 carries. Uh, the Steelers' run defense was incredible. Derrick Henry was slightly better than what the Steelers average on the year. And that's questionably the best between the tackles back in the entire league. So yeah. to be to be able to hold them to three point eight yards a carry when I think they average two point nine, fine. <laughs> it's it's honestly a testament to how good they are up front. AJ Brown was the difference um, in this game in keeping it close, and I was personally shocked they didn't do it more. Um, I really thought that if Tannehill would have been able to throw the ball on a more consistent, because I feel like they didn't really try. They, they were really trying to beat down the run game, beat down the run game. And then they fell behind big. That's when they got the, the passing game started. They were able to get some interceptions. One, like you said, it didn't even count. It was literally the last play of the half um, in the back of the end zone. So again, this is a damn good football team to sit here and think that the Steelers are uh, night and day better than them. I wouldn't agree with that. Um, I think this this game could is a coin flip even going into January if these teams were to play. Uh, Tannehill, I mean, at this point, he's a real deal. I mean, yeah. I, we've been saying this for a couple of weeks. We're, we're throwing out the Dolphins tape on this dude because um, that doesn't even matter. It truly doesn't. Um, Ryan Tannehill should have already had Adam Gase fired. I mean, that's just period, point blank, how well Tannehill has played this season. Um, he didn't make any mistakes. I mean, I, I would have liked to see him kind of uh, – Maybe exploit Pittsburgh's um, pass rush, you know, because they were getting to him. Um, I don't know what the sack number is on this game, but Ryan Tannehill did have 220 yards passing, but he, again, not excuses still happen. He did have one slant route that he threw that AJ Brown took 80 yards for a touchdown. So when you look at the numbers, I mean, there was a miscommunication for sure on defense but it did allow for one big play, which might be a little concerning because they've given up one to the Titans and one to the Eagles. So the big play ability is there against the Steelers. It's always going to be there when teams play physical up front. It's always going to be there. Right. I just, um, I don't know. Every single person I talked to thought that the Titans would win this game. So it's nice to see the Steelers win. And like you said, James Conner's stat line would look a little bit better with this touchdown that got called back for holding. Yeah, um, yes. And like yeah. like you said, the stat line for the rushing seems a little weird, but with all like the jet sweeps and motions we were doing and running like that, it really felt like we were dominating in the run game, not just your standard type. It, 
you know, it did help. Like Ben had 49 pass attempts. I don't really think he threw the ball 49 times, but it's nice to see that we don't rely on the big play and we can methodically move the ball down the field because by the time the first quarter was over, it was 19 to three on plays and it was 161 yards to one. So it's nice that we start finally started a game big. We ended a 23 game streak without a touchdown on an opening drive. And, um, Maybe the Titans were sleeping on us. I don't know, but the way we looked against them in the first first half and the way they looked against us in the second half is kind of crazy that this game wasn't more even throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and like you said, the, you know, the first quarter was eaten up by the first drive. It took over nine minutes. I mean, it was just the Steelers came prepared in this game. Um, you, it was very clear what their game plan was. As a matter of fact, of the 16 opening plate drives, I want to say like 13 of them were a pass. Like they were literally tearing Tennessee apart um, through the air with those short under 10 yard or under 10 yard throws. And uh, I mean, it, the game plan was perfect. And I'm not quite sure why they didn't stick to it because I believe two of Big Ben's picks were downfield throws. The one obviously coming at the half, it's a, it's a forced throw. It doesn't really matter. Um, but the other one was a downfield throw too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh, they, um, it was uh, tipped at the line. Well, the one was tipped at the line. What, what about the third one? Yeah, that yeah. was down the middle. It was about a 20 yes. yard pass. They didn't need to go for the end zone. Juju yeah. was like double or triple coverage. This, this, they, Chase Claypool wasn't even a factor in this game. I was going to bring that up just now. Everyone's been talking yeah. about Chase Claypool and how dominant he's been. Juju, nine for 85. Deontay, nine for 80 and two touchdowns. Claypool had one catch for negative two yards. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I was alluding to in the live show before we got to this game about how I believe the Steelers have one of the deepest rosters in the league yeah, from top to bottom. There's no one guy you can single out. Yeah. Well, I uh, I hope we did that game justice. There was a lot to cover there, and it, that was two of the best teams, uh, definitely our, of our five teams, uh, battling it out. And I, I hope to God they play again in January because it was a great game especially coming down to the wire like that. Uh, moving right along here, uh, the Washington football team moves the 2-5. and five. They defeat the Cowboys, uh, dropping them to 2-5, 25-3. This game wasn't close at all. Um, but a, a, a big storyline coming out of this game is Andy Dalton is taken out on a dirty hit from uh, linebacker John Bostic. And, uh, I mean, the one thing, if anybody's seen this clip, it's 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 a frightening little hit because it is a – unnecessary direct blow to the quarterback's head when the quarterback is sliding to the ground. Uh, it appears to be super late and uh, not a single cowboy does anything about it. First off, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't start a fight. Doesn't acknowledge the fact that John Bostic has, has just destroyed this dude. Um, there isn't anything. And there's actually footage. There's one cowboy that even comes to check on him. This Cowboys team is an absolute shambles. Uh, you know, CD lamb, who's had a very productive rookie year is a non-factor in this game. Five targets for zero catches. Um, if it wasn't for the backup quarterback that ends up coming in and completing two balls, uh, Amari Cooper's stats would be pretty mediocre too. Cause he, he completes like a 30 yard ball to him. Um, Kyle Allen plays good. 15 to 25, 194, two touchdowns. Uh, they get big, big day out of Antonio Gibson, 20 carries for 128 and a touchdown. Terry McLaurin uh, continues to ball out. I don't have a ton on this game. I just think the Cowboys are literally an utter train wreck disaster. 
Um, do you think there's any way that maybe Jameis Winston's dealt with it? What, what's what? First off, let's do two things. What do the Cowboys need to to even be competitive this year, or are they toast? They're toast, first of all, yeah. and they they need so much. I don't even know where you would even start. You, um, but but like looking at the game. Their first drive was five plays for negative six yards and a safety. And the only drive that they got points on was four plays for seven yards. And then they kicked a field goal. It's off a turnover. Um, Everyone thought of the Cowboys. You know, the whole narrative was, okay, the coaching's not great. It's leaning towards bad. And they're going to have to outscore people because their defense is terrible. We now see how much Dak truly meant to the offense. Their O-line has gone from top five to bottom five in the past two years. And they literally look like 56 guys with the same shirt on. Like, no one looks like they have any any idea what's going on. They let up big plays constantly. They're, they don't have any mobility at the quarterback position, and their offensive line's not good. They just got rid of Emerson Griffin. And on the live show, I said, you know, Washington could could shock the Cowboys and beat them here. And then after I thought more and more, I was like, it wouldn't even be a shock. And in my pickums online, I actually took Washington. I did not think it would be, you know, 25 to 3. I mean, that's kind of shocking. But at the same time, Jerry Jones isn't doing well as the owner, like the way he's interviewing and controlling the team. Mike McCarthy, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers made his career from what I see, like, and Favre, yeah. It honestly makes – this is making Jason Garrett look so good as a head coach. Like, to be able to do what he did and now see what this team is without him. Yeah. I'm Kyle Allen, 194 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Antonio Gibson, 20 carries, 128, touchdown. Terry McLaurin, 7 for 90. Logan Thomas, 4 for 60. They They did whatever they wanted, and then the Cowboys couldn't even move the ball. It's crazy to think that Washington's twice the team that Dallas is, but I think Dallas is that bad at this point. Um, Dallas and Seattle were very close comparisons why the Dak, because it was the offense carrying a really bad defense, but Russell's better than Dak, so you look at it that way. Without Dak, this team is they're garbage. They're, they might be the worst in the division because with Dak, it took a nail-biter for Andy Dalton to come in and finish the game for them to beat the Giants. So I'm, I think the Giants are better, Washington's better, and the Eagles are better. And they play Sunday night against the Eagles, and I think the Eagles destroy them. Uh, I do want to allude to the fact that I said that uh, their only points came off a turnover. Washington actually never turned the ball over, so that's my apologies. It came off a 67-yard kick return by Tony Pollard. So without that burst, this was a shutout. This was a shutout, beat down. Um, it's a bad football team, period. It is a bad football team. But I, I do want to say one thing here as far as, you know, the Jason Garrett um, idea that you just brought up. If you look at the 29th opening day offensive line of the Dallas Cowboys versus today, four of those guys are no longer there. This is not the offensive line that we that we talk about being the best in, in the game, it's not that line anymore. They're bad. Uh, they're they're bad up front, for sure. Ezekiel Elliott isn't uh, getting fed, so to speak. 
And frankly, it's not that I wouldn't even want to feed him because he's had a fumbling issue this year. You know, uh, I don't know. This team is not good. Um, at this point, they're not even a good fantasy team. Amari Cooper's had solid weeks, but I don't see that continuing. I see, I mean, Amari Cooper's value in the fantasy world is is depleting by the day. Uh, like I said, he was a big catch um, late in this game from Ben Danuki, I think his name was. Um, without without that without that throw, Amari Cooper's day was very very average. Um, but. Not that the not that the Washington football team is going to be scary moving forward, but uh, they're at least better than the Cowboys. Their front seven is a is a really good unit, and they've got some pieces. The rookie running backs playing well. Yeah. Uh, they're coached really well by Ron Rivera. Terry McLaurin seems to be a true number one in the league. He's been phenomenal, and uh, Washington's not as far off as we think. Yeah. Well, let's move on to this next game. I, I'm I'm pretty critical of these guys. The uh, the Buffalo Bills moved to five and two, defeating the Jets eighteen to ten. The Jets dropped to zero and seven uh, on their quest to go zero and sixteen. You know, I I've beat the Bills up for this one because I thought they're better than this. The I'm sorry, but I mean you're you're questionably the the best team in the AFC East, and you're questionably one of the better teams in the in the league. At least that's what your your fan base and um, the outsiders are saying. But you struggled to beat the worst football team that I've ever seen. Um, I don't have a ton on this. The Bills never score a touchdown. They kick field goals all day long. So um, great job if you if you had. Uh, I believe it's Steven Hauska, right? Is there is their kicker? I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Tyler Bass, Tyler Bass, my bad. He was, actually, he was actually six of eight in this game, so he actually missed two field goals too. Uh, it's just shocking because the Bills are better than this. You know, I thought they would be able to move the ball. Stephon Diggs wasn't really um, that big of a factor. Uh, Cole Beasley had himself a day, but I don't know. This the Jets had an opportunity to win this game, uh, just based off the fact that they they led even a decent amount of this game. What where are you at? Um, this shows that Adam Gase can coach the way he stopped it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. The, uh, the Jets come out 11 plays, 62 yards, field goal. Bills miss a field goal. Jets turn it over. Bills turn it right back over. And then seven plays, 52 yards. They're up to a 10, nothing lead. And everyone's like, what's going on? And, um, Josh Allen, no picks, no touchdowns. Like, it's good that you didn't do anything to lose the game by throwing interceptions. But, like, if you want to be talked about in the MVP conversation or as one of the best teams in the league being the Bills that they were, you got to do something to win the game. you got to push your team into the end zone against the Jets at least once. I mean, to be down 10 nothing, it's nice to see the defense step up and then shut them out. But isn't that kind of what you should be doing? Um very disappointed they couldn't score a touchdown. Sam Darnold, 120 yards, two interceptions. Not good at all. They did have 100 yards rushing. Uh, Sam Darnold also fumbled the ball. I just – it took two interceptions, a fumble, and six field goals to beat the Jets. And you, you, know, you want to know even crazier? The fact that this stat alone is crazy that they weren't able to blow this team out. Do you know how many second half yards the Jets had? It's got to be under 60. Four. Four. 
They had four second half yards. Four. And for the ninth time since 2019, the Jets actually led a game by 10 plus points. And now they're seven and two in those games. Both of their losses are a Buffalo. Um, my biggest problem with the Buffalo Bills is their leading rusher the last three games and might even be on the season at this point is Josh Allen. You have two capable backs. Why aren't you running the football? Why aren't you more successful running the ball? If you want to be a top tier team, you want to compete with the Steelers. You want to compete with the Titans. You want to even think about competing with the Ravens and the chiefs. You got to be able to run the football. All those teams can run it. And it's, it's even the lack of effort. Josh Allen is 43 attempts and 11 carries. The two running backs combined had 15 carries. Yeah. There's no, he's he's good at running it. I'm not downing him, but yeah, yeah, the, but it can't the be fact your, matter, your primary yeah. weapon on the no. ground. I, I totally understand. That's not sustainable. Oh, it's not. It's not. But uh, the, the game's just real weird, and I know it's hard to predict interdivision games, and maybe the Jets just always play the Bills tough. But the Bills were four and zero on cloud nine, one of the best teams in the league. Then they get wrecked by the Titans. They lose to the Chiefs. And then they have to fight tooth and nail to really beat the Jets. And it makes you think going forward, you know, what are the Bills? Do, do, or maybe they are the team that goes at the trade deadline to try and get another piece. I thought they should have pushed for Le'Veon Bell a little harder. But yeah. we'll see what the Bills can do. But they don't look as convincing as they once were. And it's alarming. Yeah. Moving right along here, we got the uh, New Orleans Saints. Picking up a, a win over the Carolina Panthers, 27 to 24. Uh, New Orleans moves to four and two. Carolina drops to three and four. There's one thing I took away from this game because I did switch over the Steelers game, Steeler game, uh, middle of the third quarter to kind of watch this one a little bit. Uh, it, was, it was a very close game the entire way. It's time. <laughs> the Panthers missed Christian McCaffrey. We talked about Mike Davis for a little while, and he was he was playing well. They miss Christian McCaffrey now. They need him back. If they're going to be a great team, they need him. Uh, this team's better than their record. Four losses for the Panthers. Uh, I don't know that there's another team with four losses that I feel better about than today than I do the Panthers. I just think this is a very good football team. And the stats show it. The stats back it up. Uh, the, their defense isn't great. That's probably their one weakness. But the fact that they got outrushed in this game by over 100 yards is, is enough. That's all you needed to hear. Yeah, um, I like what the Saints did without Mike Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. They were still able to move the ball just about whichever way they wanted to. I'm really impressed by the Panthers because the Saints were supposed to have a good defense. And I know they've got some good players, but field goal, touchdown, touchdown, one punt, touchdown. And then they miss a field goal, which would have tied up the game. And they were in it till the very end. And like you said, they're just missing that one piece to push him over the top. And unfortunately, they've been without Christian McCaffrey um, for four games now, I believe. Christian McCaffrey's been gone. And um, he's Christian McCaffrey. Let's not let's not be, act like we don't know who this is. He's the best running back in the NFL. One of the best dual-purpose players. One of the best offensive players, period. So to be able to combine him with Mike Davis when he comes back, will be an extreme boost to the team. But Teddy Bridgewater, 23 for 28, 254, two touchdowns, no picks. Incredibly efficient. But Mike Davis, 12 yards carrying. Teddy Bridgewater on two attempts had 10. 
it, no. it's shocking that they weren't able to run the ball and Teddy Bridgewater was able to carry this team to almost beat the Saints. Um, Panthers at three and four, like you said, they're one of the better teams in the NFL. They just they can't quite get over the hump. And when they get Christian McCaffrey back, watch out for the Carolina Panthers. So since the offseason, I've been I've been somewhat I basically said that the Panthers are an eight and eight football team, but I thought they would be better than eight and eight, like as far as how they played. Um I, just to toot my own horn, I think I've been pretty dead on with the Panthers, especially these last couple weeks. One of the things that I've said is this team doesn't turn the ball over. They get a lot of penalties. If I told you that the Panthers did not turn the ball over in this game, they allowed one sack, and they had one penalty, one, you'd be like, oh, the Panthers crushed them. It wasn't enough because you rushed for 30 yards. It's just this team misses Christian McCaffrey. It's the biggest trip. takeaway. It's the biggest takeaway from this game. Uh, the Panthers are a good football team, and it's sad that Matt Rule has taken over this team, cleaned house basically, brought in a new quarterback, has a complete new playbook, and is new better defense. than what – yeah, new defense. And he's better than, gosh – the Jets, who have been in business now for a couple of years under Adam Gase, they're better than Mike McCarthy with one of the better rosters when the season started in the NFL. He's in better than the Falcons. He's better than the freaking Falcons in division. Yeah, it's just watch out for the Panthers next year. One this, other this, thing, this I, is a trial year for them. Watch out next sure. year. And and one other thing I want to take away is um, after losing some games early in the season, everybody seemed to want to get in line. To tell us how bad Drew Brees is now. Um, Tony even went as far as to asking if he could be benched in one game. Um, that I believe other people may have saw that and said, you know, maybe maybe he doesn't have it. But Drew Brees, let's stop doubting Drew Brees. I know he's not doing as spectacular as Tom Brady might be doing in Tampa, but 29 for 36, 287, two touchdowns. He's very methodical. He plays a different way. It's death by a thousand cuts, and he diagnoses a lot of dump offs to running back, short passes. But again, he does it really well. And and Drew Brees is going to be just fine. This team gets Michael Thomas back, Emmanuel Sanders back. Their offense is going to get that much better. I don't like how they're winning every game by three points, but essentially they've been in every game outside of uh, outside of the Tampa game. It's been very, very close games, and Saints are four and two. Watch out for them going forward as well. They look for them to return to that dominant team. I think we thought they would be before the season. Got a big one with the 49ers uh, coming up next week. This this coming week they should no, have the not, Bears. Yeah, they've got the Bears, and then they've got the 49ers. So so I'm, I'm yeah I'm gonna pause you a little bit because though I agree with you, I've had the Saints in my top ten this past week. Uh, I think there's a bit of a trap game this weekend. And Drew Brees is starting to come up. He's played good without his, his top guys. Uh, Drew Brees has always struggled outside of a dome, and this is a big one. The Windy City is no joke. It can eat quarterbacks alive. I actually like the Bears to beat the Saints this week, and, and I, I think Drew Brees is the biggest reason why. I think he struggles in this cold game. Uh, we'll see. But if, he, if, he, if Drew Brees truly is um, everything that you just said he was, he picks up the W. I'll I'll leave him alone. But I think he struggles this week. And the Niners game, we'll see that one too. Yeah, I mean they've got some great opponents all up and yeah. down their schedule, so it's going to be tough. But 
I just don't want people to think Drew Brees just lost it. Not yet. No, no, he's not. I mean, nobody has nobody has been more damaged at the wide receiver spot outside of maybe the Eagles in this league. That's fair. Coming into the season versus what they have now, probably the, the Eagles. Uh, other than that, Drew Brees has been pretty depleted at that spot. Yeah. Moving moving on here. Uh, revenge game. I think we. Uh, I mean, we've nailed the Texans this year, but. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, the Green Bay Packers pick up a W, thirty-five to twenty over the Houston Texans. Packers are going to move to five and one. Uh, the Houston Texans move to one and six, as predicted on Real Talk. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. In <laughs> uh, in counterpart, Devontae Adams is back. He's he's massive in this game. Thirteen catches, one ninety-six, two touchdowns. He's targeted sixteen times, so he catches almost everything thrown at him. And uh, you know the the Texans weren't terrible, which is kind of shocking that this score is uh, as bad as it is. Total yardage is three seventy-nine to three sixty-five. Um, at the end of the day, there's one turnover in this game, and it's a fumble by Houston. Uh, Green Bay is just able to move the ball on third down, and Houston wasn't. That's the biggest difference in this game. Time of possessions equal. Penalties are equal. Uh, you know, Houston's offensive line is still an issue. They give up three sacks in this game. Green Bay keeps Aaron Rodgers clean. What do you got? Um, there was only two drives this entire game that went double digits in plays. So there was a lot of big plays, lots of three and outs in this game. Each team had a ton of possessions. The ball was back and forth the whole time. But like we've kind of said, um, two things. One, we didn't even need to see the Texans play one snap this season. Apparently, we already knew it was going to happen. I mean, we, we've we've, it, we've, we have nailed the Texans. Destroyed the Texans' predictions. Not even close. Um, and two, uh, everyone's talked about it. Aaron Rodgers plays outstanding with a lead and yeah. not so well with, a, with uh, when he's trailing. And they score, Texans punt, Texans punt. They score, Texans punt, Texas miss a field goal. They score a touchdown. They're up 21 nothing at half. And they even had some punts in there, too, that I skipped. But they're up 21 nothing at halftime. You can't beat Aaron Rodgers that way. They even come out 11 plays, 65 yards. You know what? We're going to get back in this touchdown by the Packers. Right? I mean, yeah. you need to answer. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are from another planet right now. Jamal Williams even ran the ball well, 19 for 77 with a touchdown. Texans just starting a good football team, and they walked into the Packers team that was kind of pissed off. And, I mean, I, I think everyone saw this coming. I don't think anybody thought the Texans had a chance in this game, and the Packers put it away pretty simply. I don't – not really much to talk about in this game, just a better team. One, the only out – of, outside of the Washington and Cowboy game, this was the only non-competitive game of the one yeah. o'clock window. Yeah. Well, let's move on to another great one. The Cleveland Browns defeat the Cincinnati Bengals 37, 34. The Browns move to a, a man five and two for the Browns. It's huge. Uh, they dropped the Bengals to one, five and one. You know, I left this game thinking to myself, it's very clear who the best quarterback was. And it's very clear who the best team is. And if you swapped the two, this game wouldn't have been close. Uh, Baker plays great. He throws five touchdowns, uh, 22 of 28. He actually starts the game 0-5 and then has one incompletion the rest of the way. He was actually very good. Uh, in that 0-5, I believe he threw a pick as well. Mm -hmm. 
you know, this is one of those games where it kind of goes against what we say. Less Baker it t- t- typically turns in um, for more good. Uh, this game, there was, I mean, quite a bit of Baker, but they got the job done. Uh, the Bengals, th- <laughs> Bengals, Joe Burrow is 35 of 47, 406 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Uh, they had the chance to win this game. Unfortunately, Baker uh, he had the better team in this one. Cincinnati does not have a defense at all. And I'm not sure the Browns do either. They have a pass rush, but that's pretty much it. What did you think? Um, I would also like to point out um, Baker after going the 0 for 5, his only one in completion after that is a spike to stop the clock. Yeah. Um, so he was he was phenomenal. But Baker has 18 career wins, and five of them are against the Bengals. So I maybe it's a confidence thing. Uh, speculation as of right now, is Baker better without OBJ? OBJ yeah. goes down, and that's when it all kind of started. Um, they Go ahead. What are you going to say? No, I, I actually – to, to piggyback on your last statement there, is Baker better without OBJ? Yes. And that's nothing against OBJ. That's right. nothing against OBJ. I, I believe we've, we've talked about this many times, both on the live show um, and in Facebook comments. I just recently put out a post um, breaking the, the OBJ news of the ACL. That's his last game played in Cleveland, period. They are better without OBJ, and it's not because OBJ is bad. Baker shouldn't be throwing the ball 30 times a game, and that's really what an, an OBJ type team is going to need because he's not even the other, he's not the only receiver on this team. They have Jarvis Landry. You know, this is a two back team. Just watch out for this team in late November when they get Nick Chubb back and they truly go two tight end set, run the football and then get Jarvis Landry on some play action passing. Um, a little toot the horn to Jarvis Landry. The dude's never incompleted a pass in his whole life. He completes another one here. He has a couple of touchdowns in his career, too. He has a career passer rating of, of 158.3, which is perfect. <laughs> Fun little note. But He's a god. He is a god at passing the football. But, <laughs> I mean, Joe Burrows is damn good, and his team isn't. And that's probably the saddest thing for me watching this game is just how good he is. He has four total touchdowns. He has one on the ground, too. Um, they're better without OBJ. I mean, it is, yeah. it is what it is. Joe Joe Burrow's the real thing. I don't think anybody can uh, can question that. Um, goodness, Kareem Hunt played well, but the the Bengals have. I said it before the season. Um, there was a lot of you know what's going on with the Bengals. They got Joe Burrow. How good can they be? And I've said it. I said it doesn't matter how good Joe Burrow is. Their offensive line and defense are too bad that it's an impossible task. And each game, it seems like I'm proven more and more right. And everybody else is, you know, I've watched the Bengals the last 15 years. Everyone's now watching the Bengals with Joe Burrow, and they're kind of seeing how bad the roster is there in Cincinnati. And they've got a lot of work to do, but they have to feel really good in that front office about their selection with Joe Burrow. Um, his connection with Tyler Boyd and T Higgins is phenomenal. It's growing over the past two weeks with AJ green. They also did all this on offense without Joe Mixon who missed this game. Um, it took Baker to play out of his mind and a uh, shout out to, to the maze and blue Donovan people's Jones with an incredible catch to win the game. Go blue. Um, yeah, both games have been close and, 
I think to uh, if you guys listen to Nick Wright at all, I agree with him that in the regular season, I don't think losing OBJ is going to hurt them. But uh, the Browns are going to make the playoffs, and not having that dominant number one who can dictate coverage on the outside. Jarvis Landry's good, but it seems like he's a little banged up. He doesn't seem like that guy he was in Miami. Um, but this is a run first team. We'll see what they can do again when they get back to Nick Chubb. Um, this team is just unfortunate, and they'll have their chance to redeem themselves. But five and two is is enough to be first or second in a lot of divisions. But they play behind the Ravens and the Steelers right now. We'll see what they can do in their second meetings. But this team should get a wild card spot, and it'll be really fun because this team's going to be really unpredictable. But outside of Miles Garrett, I think the defense is really bad for Cleveland. And um, the offense isn't much better because if you can get a pass rush on Baker and a lot of the teams that they're going to face, if they do make the playoffs, do have good pass rush, especially in the AFC. So we'll see where they can go. Um, kudos to Baker. Kudos to Joe Burrow. But, um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was an incredible game by Baker. I don't want to take anything away from him, but a third of his career wins are against the Bengals. He's, yeah, 18, and I... and, he's 18 and 19 against the league, 5 and 1 against the Bengals, which brings him to 13 and 18 against the rest of the league. Yeah, and I, I kind of want to piggyback on what you're saying here. So I, I don't, first off, you said, I want to start with what you said about OBJ. Uh, this team might miss him in the playoffs. Uh, in this specific game here, uh, we got introduced to two rookies, Harrison Bryant and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Both played great. They combined for seven touchdowns, 110 yards and three – I'm sorry, seven catches, not seven touchdowns. Seven catches, 110 yards, and three touchdowns. They basically made their debut. I think these are good players that were being held back in the depth chart because they don't throw the ball a lot, and when they're going to throw it, they're going to have OBJ on the field. Watch out for Peoples-Jones to get more of a prominent role – uh, a, a lot of people have been high on Rashard Higgins, and he's been buried in this depth chart. He has a great game, six catches for 110. This team wants to be good um, with with the tight end game. Harrison Bryant, David Njoku, and, uh, gosh, Austin Hooper, who I don't even know if he played in this game. I, I don't know. But another thing I, I want to point out, the Browns, they're 5-2, and two, but they're really 3-2. and two. Because two of their wins are against a one-win team in the Bengals. I want to pump the brakes on how good um, moving forward they're going to be. Let me give you the remaining schedule, and let's just let's just go on. We got some time here. Yeah. Next week they got the, they got they got the Raiders. What do you think? Um, it's going to be an offensive shootout, but I like the Raiders in that game. I do I too. Think they lose. I think the Raiders I, win. Yeah. So then you got a bye week. Nick Chubb comes back after the bye week, I believe. Okay. We have been money on this team all year week 10 they're going to play the texans i like the uh i like the browns and just a, a little little speculation on that real quick um there is whispers that the, the packers want to go after will fuller so there's there's a chance that will fuller might be dealt from the texans um i was told by a couple people that the packers had a sizable deal getting ready for zach Ertz, and then he got hurt they want another weapon for Aaron Rodgers, and I think yeah. they want the speedster Will Fuller. That's speculation, but just something to keep your guys' mind on or if you guys want to look that up. Um, Packers are out there looking for another weapon. Well, I, I just 
I think the Raiders game is a coin flip. I got the Raiders winning that one. Like three. And, and I don't even want the Raiders to win. I'm going to lose a bet here in a couple weeks. Um, I think I believe this Texans game is more of a coin flip uh, than Watson. what we. Deshaun Watson that makes That's this it. game a coin flip. That's it. But we agree. It's. A, I think it's a coin flip because of that. Well, we're going to move to week 11. This team's going to be playing for their playoff lives. And uh, the quarterback's better than Baker by uh, a mile. The Philadelphia Eagles. It's God. tough. It's tough. That's a yeah. tough game. I, I honestly, I, I like the Eagles there. Shocker. I mean, I know it's yeah. crazy, but we'll, we'll see going forward. But they're going to get some pieces back. Alshon's going to be back. Miles Sanders is going to be back. Zach Ertz is going to be back. That yeah. defensive line up front, you know, can they stifle the run a little bit? Um, put some in the match. Well, things. Games. Now they're going to go on the road. This is a winnable one at Jacksonville. I give the Browns the W. Yep, definitely. Okay. This is a tough one at Tennessee. I think that's a loss. I think Tennessee Tennessee yeah. destroyed them week one last year. I think they would destroy him again personally, especially if if Cleveland's going to turn this into a Baker's going to throw the ball. I think it's a it's a death threat game. Yeah, uh, and there's going to be a lot of writing on the walls if they're going to lose to all the playoff teams that they're going to have to face again. Yep. Uh, week fourteen, Ravens. I'm going Ravens. Yeah, they beat the brakes off in week one. Outside of that, there's nothing to give evidence to the Browns winning. Yeah. Now the Browns are going to get a break because they played three tough ones at home. They're going to play two easy ones on the road here at New York, at New York, back to back weeks. Giants, Jets. I think they get two. I think they get two W's there. Mm-hmm. Week 17. They better pray to God that Pittsburgh's resting people. Because otherwise, I think this is another beatdown. And if, if we have the coin flips there, let's say they take four more losses on the year. They're 10 and six. They're getting in as a wild card. They're getting in as a wild card. Yep. I think that uh, they have three easy Ws, so that brings them to eight wins. If they coin flip one of the three, that gets them to nine. I think they're probably I think they're probably going to get one to two of those. We'll see. I just think the schedule's tighter than people are giving it credit for. I think because me and you, I think, both agree that this is a playoff team with ten wins, but... It's going to be hard for them to get the 10 wins because, truthfully, even Jacksonville has a shot at beating them. I think they're worse. Jacksonville's worse, and they're starting to come to life on us. But I think Jacksonville even has a shot at beating them. Well, it is the NFL, and you never yeah. know what kind of fumbles or weather or in yeah. bad games quarterbacks can play. Um, but I, the Browns are 5-2, and two, and outside of the Steelers and Ravens, they're 5-0. and oh. So we'll see if they can beat teams we know are going to be in the playoffs. But so far, they've beat every team that's not going to be in the playoffs. So I, I want to keep them true to that. And the, the Browns have done enough. And going forward, they're still 5-2. and two. It just, they're, It's crazy that they're 5-2 and two and they have a negative point differential because they've just been blown out twice. So we'll see on the Browns. But in terms of the Browns-Bengals game, Joe Burrow was great. Baker was great, and Baker had the ball last. Yeah, it's a good game. Moving right along here, the Detroit Lions pick up a very close victory, twenty-three twenty-two. They moved to three and three. They dropped the Falcons to one and six. Uh, this game was extremely tight. Uh, Stafford plays great, twenty-five of thirty-six, three forty through the air, but only one touchdown. 
Uh, DeAndre Swift kind of takes a step back in this one. Nine carries after his explosive week last week. Um, he does catch another four passes for 21 yards. Um, Matt Ryan is pretty much dead equal with uh, Stafford in, in stats. 31 of 42, 33, 335 in a touchdown. Gurley adds two on the ground, but a miserable average day. Uh, 23 carries for 63. Uh, this, this game is is just dead even. Like, listen to this. Total yards, 388 to 386. P- total passing yards because of sacks is 322 to 322. Rushing yards is 66 to 64. <laughs> yeah, I'm not joking. Points is 23 to 22. Uh, sacks allowed two to two. Uh, the 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 time of possession is decided by 45 seconds. This was the most. These are the most equal teams we've seen all year. It, it, this is just, and we said this, I believe, on the live show that this is a very equal matchup. What did you think? I I just don't understand how the Falcons lose some of these games. It's it's shocking. It's really shocking at some some points. Um, I actually saw a clip, and uh, maybe some of you guys have too. When they get to the huddle, Matt Ryan says, "Don't score." Todd Gurley says, "Yeah, I know." Matt Ryan looks him in the face and says, "Get the first down, go down. Get the first down, go down." Todd Gurley shakes his head, yes, and then scores a touchdown. Like Matt Ryan pleaded his case four times in the huddle to get the first down and don't score. Todd Gurley scores a touchdown, and the Lions come down and score a touchdown to win the game. I just, the Falcons now score to lose. Like, I just don't understand. The the Falcons are are crazy. They are so mysterious. I don't know how they're one and six. The Lions could easily be better than three and three. They could easily be worse. I think their record is act, like accurately depicted here at three and three. Um, like you said, the whole game w- was so even. It was kind of scary. Like the teams could have flipped jerseys, and you wouldn't have known who was different at halftime. They could have came out in opposite jerseys, and you wouldn't have known. Um, Kenny Galladay, since he's come back from injury, still been a dog, taken off right where he left off. Uh, Julio Jones you know, plays another good game. I think he's finally over that injury as well. It just comes down to the Falcons being the Falcons, and it's been too much repetition for it not to be an identity at this point, and that's just who they are. The Falcons find ways to lose, and they're in an incredibly tough division, which they have no chance of even placing third in. So the game was good, but I don't know if either of these two teams are going anywhere. Lions seem to have turned things around since Kenny Galladay came back. and um, They've won two in a row. Yep. One of my predictions for breakout players was uh, TJ Hawkinson, and he is doing really well. I thought he would would take a big step up this year, and he's done well this year. He added another five catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown in this one, So and the game-winning catch. So give props to the Lions on uh, on never laying down and – Scoring in every quarter and game-winning touchdown, but my goodness, Falcons, embarrassing. Yeah. We'll keep it moving here. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers make quick work of the Las Vegas Raiders, forty-five to twenty. Tampa Bay moves to five and two. The Raiders drop to three and three. Um, Tom Brady's making a case for the MVP. Uh, he has five total touchdowns in this one: thirty-three of forty-five, three sixty-nine, and four touchdowns. He adds one on the ground on a sneak. 
Uh, he distributes the ball to everybody and their brother, Scotty Miller, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, uh, Tyler Johnson, the rookie. Uh, my biggest takeaway in this game is, first off, Tampa Bay's defense. I mean, they, they allow a quick score in this game to the Raiders, and it looked like the Raiders might just move on all day on them, and then they suffocate them, really. Um, they, they weren't able to do too much. They allowed a pretty big day passing the ball, um, 271. But, wow, they just did not allow the Raiders to score. And that's kind of what the Raiders are trying to do is is run Josh Jacobs. He takes 10 carries in this game for 17 yards. It's nowhere near enough. Um, I ended up uh, turning this game on in the second half. Or actually, the, I think I turned it on literally in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, and then I refused to turn it off because Brady was getting in, in – into the uh, conversation for breaking the all-time touchdown record. And if they were going to do something, I wanted to be able to see it. I mean, I've literally waited 20 years for this. And he breaks it and runs right to the sideline like it was like he had just scored on the practice squad. And I think people are going to be like, well, him and Drew Brees are going to go back and forth all year. But it's like, it, it, there was nothing done about it. I think that the announcer said it, you know, hey, that's the, the all-time touchdown record, but it, it meant it just seemed like it meant nothing to Tom. Uh, they dismantled the Raiders here. Uh, they have a big one against the Giants on Monday night. Big one for them, not so much for the Giants. It'll be fun to see Drew Brees probably re-break the record during the day on Sunday, and then Brady re-break it on Monday night again. So we'll see, but what do you think? Um, I have a little bit different perspective. I don't think the score act, like accurately represents how close this game was. Um, it, it's really back and forth. And for everyone who, who really puts down the Raiders' defense, um, they did a pretty good job. Uh, through three quarters, they have a chance to win this game. It's 24-20 at the end of the third quarter. And the Raiders are playing really good with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the fourth quarter was so one-sided. They just couldn't keep it for the whole game. The The Buccaneers have a good 11-play, 58-yard touchdown drive. And then the first play, Derek Carr comes out and throws an interception. Buccaneers, Tom Brady ready at the drop of a hat. Quick. Two plays, 24 yards, bam, touchdown. Now... Now they're up against it. Now they're down by 18, four down territory. And when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers know what's coming, forget about it. Like the, the defense is too good. Four plays, seven yards, turnover, Brady. Six plays, three yard, or 32 yards, touchdown. And it was really a shame that this game didn't come down to the wire because it deserved that. But the Raiders just fell apart in the fourth quarter. I, I don't want to say uh, Tom Brady looked fantastic he um he dialed back the clock i mean 33 for 45 374 touchdowns um sorry for fantasy owners but leonard fournette comes back for one game two less touches 16 more yards ronald jones got the touchdown but this is truly a double-headed backfield yeah um rojo's not going to get the carries that he wanted however i would like to point out before the season everyone wanted to say buccaneers didn't have much of a run game and I was a guy hooting and hollering for Ronald Jones a second that he averaged 4.2 yards a carry, but did not get the, the, the touches needed. He's been a dog this year. 
Um, Gronk has officially returned to the passing game. Um, another big day, five for 62 and a touchdown, and was was a tipped ball away from a diving touchdown late in the fourth quarter, too. Um, Chris Godwin, nine for 88. Scotty Miller, gosh, does he love him. Mike Evans, Antonio uh, Brown about to fall in, in line. The, the nine catches came at a cost. He breaks his finger in this game. Yeah, but I heard Bruce Aaron say he's going to play anyway. But if they choose to sit him, Antonio Brown, you know, he's now yeah. now in the offense. And they're already ranting and raving about how he looks at practice, like they'd say anything else. But still. Um, so one thing I also it, want to note, we, we had talked, I think, a week or two ago, um, that Ronald Jones, and I, I remember saying this to you, that I thought that the reason he would lose this job is because he struggles to catch the football. Uh, Leonard Fournette adds six catches in this game for 47 yards. So he comes just shy of a 100-yard day on 17 touches. Uh, Ronald Jones has one catch for two yards. So c- clearly Brady likes when Le- Leonard Fournette's in there in the packing game. And I've I've watched a, a, a good share of Bucks games over the last couple of weeks. Ronald Jones has struggled to catch the ball. It's not it's not a strength of his. Yeah. Um. Just in terms of the game, I just want to be fair to Raiders fans. This is a fourth quarter away from being a nail biter. They just fell apart at the end, uh, twenty one to three in the fourth quarter. Like I said, it was twenty four twenty at the end of three, and the Raiders, plain and simple, are just better than we thought they were going to be. But Tampa yeah. proved to be too much late in the game, and they ended up uh, taking the victory. And the just looking at the score, be like, wow, you know, Raiders had no chance, but. These teams were a lot closer through three quarters, but unfortunately, play sixty minutes, not forty-five. The Buccaneers put them away late. Yeah, uh, we'll keep it moving here. Thirty-nine, twenty-nine. The L.A. Chargers pick up a W over the Jacksonville Jaguars. They move to two and four. Jacksonville drops to one and six. On the live show, I said this is the game where Herbert gets it done. He probably even has a nice rushing day. I remember speaking to you guys about that. Uh, I'm right on this. I, I nailed Herbert. I know you were big on Herbert in this game too. 27 of 43, 347, three touchdowns, and then he adds nine carries for 66 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Herbert was incredible in this game. What did you think? Yeah, um, I just want to stay on Herbert for just a second because yeah, go ahead. I know I know before the draft I was a big advocate of the Bengals trading out of the first pick because they believe they could get Herbert at five. He ultimately went at six. Yeah. But I was always under the impression that Herbert was just as good, if not better, than Burrow, despite the stat differential and what I had seen in college football. I know a lot of people thought that was crazy. I thought Herbert should have been the week one starter. I was really shocked when they started Tyrod Taylor. And I know a lot of people went to the same thing. You know, Herbert might not be that good. I saw a comparison that somebody, I forget who the quote was from, but they think Tua will be the Philip Rivers to Eli and Big Ben, meaning Herbert and um, Burrow. For what it's worth, it was CeCe Sabathia that said it. Okay. Now, I just, I think that's a, it's a little too soon for that. Yeah, Um, I agree. 100% agree. And I think Tua is going to be great in this league. Now, granted, Philip Rivers has been great in the league. But I don't want to make that straight-up comparison. I just want to say that this draft class has potential to have three guys 12 years from now still all playing and running the league. 
And uh, it's incredible to see they're all in the AFC, which is kind of funny, along with Lamar Jackson, who came out last year, um, Josh Allen. So a lot of AFC teams, you know, everyone talked about a few years ago, the NFC was so much better. Well, now all those early draft pick quarterbacks that are starting to pan out a little bit in the AFC, it's starting to get a lot of fun to watch. Now, particularly to this game, Jacksonville found a running back in this James Robinson, man. 22 for 119 in the touchdown, 4 for 8 in a touchdown through the air. Um, He's been a dog all year. I think there's only one week that he's had less than 10 fantasy points in double digits all the time. Um, Great player. Uh, LaVisca Chenault. Uh, they've got some players on offense, but the Jags are just undermanned and you can't win games allowing 39 points. And it seems like the Jaguars have scored in the twenties, most games, you know, decent numbers, but is there any game this year that they've allowed less than 30 points? Um, I don't know, but I don't think so. But like, just thinking about the Jaguars, um, they got first game of the year. Maybe they got that one early win week one and everyone was like, they beat oh, the Colts. Boy. Yeah. And then lost, 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 lost. Jaguars are one in six. They don't have enough pieces. Minshew's a cool story. Um, but they're they're in the race for the number one pick. And uh although it was close and there was a massive scoring surge in the middle of this game in the third quarter. Um, I think there was like thirty points scored almost in yeah. in uh, in that, that quarter. Yeah, there's forty five thirty five, excuse me, points in the third quarter. They were trading um, scores. Keenan Allen loves Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert loves him. Herbert dropped a beautiful 80-yard touchdown. with It was a dime, about 50 yards through the air. Um, Herbert can ball, and the Chargers can ball. And like I said, they're 2-4, and four, but they, they could easily be 4-2 and two this year. Um, I believe their comp from the NFC is the Panthers. So... I think both those teams are are the best bad teams as a, best teams with a losing record in their respective divisions. Yeah, that's fair. We'll keep it moving here. We got the San Francisco 49ers picking up a big W. Uh they blow out the Patriots 33 to 6. San Francisco moves to 4 and 3, winning division, uh winning record in their division. Um the New Orleans the, the New England Patriots dropped to 2 and 4. Um Wow, is there a lot to say here. So Cam Newton, 9 of 15 for 98 yards and three interceptions. Uh, Jared Stidham is going to come in in a relief effort, and he's going to go 6 of 10 for 64 yards and an interception. For all you guys that are like, ah, maybe they should go with Stidham, here's Stidham's career passing attempts, 27. He has four picks in those 27 attempts. Stidham's not the answer either, so let's, let's pipe down there. I'm going to lead you off. So Julian Edelman today was announced that he had a procedure done on his knee. He has looked sluggish these last couple of weeks. I've said it. Um, I thought he either needed to be, uh, and I would hate to see this, but I thought he either needed to be released, traded, or cut, um, or IR'd. He, he just was not looking. He had one good game. It was a Seattle game, and I think myself included, a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon that, oh, this, this is a good New England team. I'm going to give you the starting receivers. And you play fantasy football. A lot of people play fantasy football. I want you guys to legitimately tell me if you've even heard of some of these guys. Jacoby Myers. Demir Bird. Dalton Keene. Ryan Izzo. First-round pick, Nikhil Harry from from last year. Carey had one catch for six yards. This team doesn't have any vertical threats. 
They have no solid receivers. Even if Julian was healthy, this team would be extremely limited downfield. And uh, it was said this week, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat it. There isn't a single weapon on this team, quarterback, running back, or wide receiver, that any defensive coordinator is staying up late for, game planning for, or preparing for, or even thinking about. This is a, what's their scheme? Let's defend it. They're the easiest team to defend in the entire league, and that includes the Jets. And I say that because I think Jamison Crowder would immediately make our starting lineup better. And Sam Darnold's had a better passing year than Cam Newton has, which is sad. With that being said, it's a bad football team. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, uh, for what it's worth, has put his house up for sale because he's been on the deadline multiple times throughout this uh, he's been on the trade block multiple times throughout this past year, uh, most notably in August before the season started. And then they got him back on the the, the trade block now. And I, I almost wonder if there's a team out there that's going to make the move for him that's in a playoff picture, you know. And I could even see the Browns, you know, going after him and going to get a shutdown corner if they really think that they have a, a shot at, at competing. You know, there's there's a lot of teams that have the, the draft capable to give to New England to get Stefan Gilmore. This team isn't good. It just flat out. They have one strength. It's their secondary. Their pass rush is mediocre. Uh, in this game, in this game, they, they don't even get to, um, they don't get to, to grapple about once they had one sack. Uh, Grappolo did throw two interceptions, but that's been the story of every quarterback that's played the secondary, but it's just an absolute blowout to the full extent. Uh, 467 total yards on a what I've considered to be a great defense is a lot. You're just shy of 500 at this point. It, they averaged over seven yards a play. That alone is just brutal. Uh, they almost double our time of possession. The game's not close. Garoppolo doesn't even play great. 20, 20 to 25, I guess that's solid for 277 and two picks. Uh, Jeff Wilson's great. 17 carries, 112, three touchdowns. Um, I went a little long, but I had a lot to say. New England's a bad football team. Uh, what do you have to say? I just um, the offensive woes are are so bad, and Tom Brady was able to cover up some of those by. Um, I think the biggest thing is Brady's knowledge of defenses. He was able to scheme out of a lot of things to be able to at least move the ball and allow the defenses to win games. That's why Brady, when he throws one or two picks, the Patriots lost. Or when they didn't hold teams under 17 points, they were 0-5. Yeah. Um, they didn't get him any help. He left. And Cam Newton can't audible out of the bad stuff. And, you know, they come out and they beat a brand-new Dolphins team week one. Then they play a defense that's given up more yards than the Cowboys in the Seattle Seahawks, and they were even spotted a pick six and lose a close one. Then they beat the Raiders, and you're like, okay, this, you know, the Patriots are going to be fine. Well, then Cam Newton can't play, and they lose to the Chiefs. Then they go on their bye. They get Cam Newton back. And then this really weird game where they lose to Denver – and then the 49ers just blow them out. And I know everyone's in panic mode. 
maybe the Patriots can win some games, but I don't think they're better than the Bills, and I don't think they're better than the Dolphins at this point in the season. And everyone says, are they in the Trevor sweepstakes? I don't think they'll be bad enough for a top five pick either since they played the Jets twice. And there's other teams that, you know, Bill Belichick's still worth seven points, I feel. You know, I know they just only scored three, but Bill Belichick should be able to do better with this team. And Cam Newton owned up to it. He's got to play better. You can't have three picks on 15 attempts. Um, I put a lot of it on Cam Newton there too, but Cam Newton really does have to be Superman. And maybe there's some fatigue already. He came in hot off of a year of rest and, you know, he's starting to get hit again and the football body's starting to come back. And I don't know, there's a lot of question marks on the Patriots team, but outside of the negative view, Switching to a positive view for the 49ers, wow. They were able to walk in, do whatever they wanted to the Patriots. Yeah, They're the ones that made them look this bad. And and it was up to Kyle Shanahan to exploit the Patriots' weaknesses. And he found every single one of them. Um, mm-hmm. The 49ers still have a top-five defense. Richard Sherman's been back. They lost Bosa. Yeah, they lost Bosa. But they have everyone back on that defense outside of him. They got Kittle back, and he's been a dominant tight end from the moment he walked on the field. Their young receivers are starting to play better. Garoppolo's not asked to win the game. He's just asked to to be good. And it doesn't seem like it matters what name is on the back of the jersey for running back. This team can straight run the football. They have a dominant O-line, and people mailed it in on the 49ers too soon. It's one thing to beat the Patriots. I don't care who their roster is with Bill Belichick. It's one thing to beat the Patriots. They absolutely dismantled them. And the 49ers, we'll see later in the season, but with the first time it being a possibility, is there a chance the NFC West could send all four teams to the playoffs? Only the Bears and Saints are in the division winners. So watch out for the 49ers. They're a really good team. Garoppolo, 20 for 25 crazy that he had two interceptions but that just speaks volumes to the Patriots secondary they they don't have any help and quite honestly that's the least impactful you can be from any position being your best a front seven or offensive line quarterback running back wide receiver they can all impact the scoreboard more than a defensive secondary unit can um it wouldn't surprise me if they shipped out one of those brilliant pieces like Stefan Gilmore they would absolutely have to get a haul for it well, who's better at that than Bill Belichick? And I they can't. already have. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, they already have the most draft picks, I believe, over the next two years. If they were to get rid of Gilmore, they'd really be mailing it in. But essentially, they'd really be able to build however they wanted for the future. I can't make this up. This literally just came over my phone. Uh, the Monday morning quarterback reports that New England has told other teams to listen to offers on almost. Uh, there's. I- Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. There's a couple of pieces that are uh, to note. Stephon Gilmore, obviously, top two corner in this league. Okay, 31 years old, has a favorable one year left on his deal. Um, plus, you could tag him. So, I mean, you you could have two years with him. Um, Joe Tooney, he's playing on a tag right now. He's one of the best left guards in the entire league. Um, I think he would command a first round pick, especially for a team that's beat up on an offensive line that feels they have. Um, something that they can offer in the playoffs this year. But ultimately, I mean, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing good about new England. And you know, it's really scary. And I'm going to say this, you're like, wow, you're such a Homer. They have a shot to beat the bills this weekend. 
They own the yep. Bills. They truly do. And they own Josh Allen. Go ahead and look up Josh Allen's numbers against New England last year. They own him. With that being said, this team isn't talented enough. I think Buffalo will pick up the win. But if they don't pick up the win on Sunday, I do believe that Gilmore will 100% be traded. If they do manage to beat the Bills, maybe they buy at the deadline and they try and go get a tight end, which I can't believe I'm saying this. They're the only team in the league that hasn't had someone at tight end for two straight years now. I uh, Just speculating on Gilmore, just food for thought, I think a team that could really use him that may be able to give up picks to win now is uh, the Arizona Cardinals. They have Buda Baker and a few pairs, Stephon Gilmore with Patrick Peterson. That immediately becomes a great secondary. When you look at some of the guys that, you know, they have to stop, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, and um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. You know, that could be a big piece. Um, or I don't know if they have the resources because they gave up so much for Adams, but the Seattle Seahawks could really use some help on defense. But there's 31 teams that would want Stephon Gilmore that don't have him. So he could go anywhere. But, yeah, yeah, the Patriots, if they mailed it in, they've got some pieces that they could, they could get a lot for. But sticking to this game, wow for the 49ers and wow for the Patriots. Moving right along here, we got the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to move to 6-1. and one. Uh, They defeat the Broncos, dropping them to 2-4. and four. They win big here, 43-16. Uh, they score in every aspect of the game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is asked to do extremely little in this game. They they uh, they they just they go up against a team that's just nowhere near what they are. Uh, Philip Lindsay nine carries for seventy nine. I do believe he gets injured in this game though. Uh, it's just it's it's not a fair fight. Kansas City looks like they would get blown off the ball by the statistics, but because they had a kick return touchdown, a defensive touchdown, that ends up being the difference. Yep, not going to spend a lot of time. First team this year, only team this year to have a de- uh, touchdown in all three aspects of the game. Um, they're just better than the Broncos, period. It was an easy pick. Um, just one thing I want to allude to. Um, you didn't see a ton from Le'Veon Bell. But what I told you is he's going to make it easier for the offense because he gets chunks. He averaged 6.5 yards a carry on six carries. It's exactly what they need from him, and that's exactly what he's going to do. He turns first and tens into second and fours, and that's going to make the Chiefs really, really difficult to stop. So Le'Veon Bell did what I thought he would do. I know it was a small sample. That'll grow as time goes on. But the Chiefs, they are intimidating. Yeah. Moving right along here, the Arizona Cardinals pick up an exciting overtime victory against the Seahawks, 37-34. Arizona moves to 5-2. and two. They hand Seattle their first loss, dropping them to five and one. Uh, High-scoring game throughout. Arizona stuck with it. They get the three-point victory in overtime. Kyler Murray's fantastic, thirty-four of forty-eight, three sixty, three touchdowns, one pick. He adds another sixty-seven on the ground and a touchdown. Hopkins doing his thing, ten catches, hundred yards and a touchdown. So uh, Russell Wilson was human. <laughs> I mean. Was he? <laughs> I mean, he was great, but yeah, he had some he had some tough things. Like as you said yesterday, and I'll let you probably get to it in a second. Thirty three of fifty for three eighty eight, three touchdowns, three picks, adds eighty four on the ground. Tyler Lockett is holy holy hell. Fifteen catches for two hundred and three touchdowns. It just shows you that Seattle can't stop anyone <laughs> because their offense dominated. What'd you think? Uh, 
sorry for laughing. I, it was just funny when you said 200 yards and three touchdowns. You just said 203 touchdowns. I kind of sounded like he scored. Oh, uh, it was just 200 kind of and 200 yeah, and three. 200 yards. And three, I know everyone <laughs> knew what you meant. It was just kind of funny. Um, yeah, uh, you alluded to it on the Facebook page. Uh, the Seahawks find themselves playing their first team that doesn't have a losing record. And guess what? They can ball with them. And they didn't take anything. You know, they get hit, they hit back. And wow, what a game, what a finish. Um, again, you ask Russell Wilson. Um, I, I said it on the last podcast. Uh, the, the new phrase is let Russ cook. Well, they want him to cook, wait on tables, run the restaurant, balance Bust the, the checkbook. <laughs> yeah, they need him to do everything. And, you know, he does have a bad game. Three interceptions. They didn't really run the ball a ton. Chris Carson's a little banged up. But he throws three picks and none worse than the one in overtime, too. Isaiah Simmons finally makes a big appearance on a big stage. Um, goodness. There's nothing you can say about the game. I mean, you look at the over a thousand yards of total offense. Um, so fun from the neutral perspective. Yeah. 572 in favor of the Seahawks to the 519 of the Cardinals. Uh, only separated by 12 passing yards and 31 rushing yards. Uh, you can't really blame Russ too much, though. They averaged seven yards of play. And like I said, he put up 572 yards of offense. The defense can't stop anybody. Um, Goodness, Seattle was the only team to get a sack, though. Ironically enough, they had two. But what can, it didn't end up mattering in the outcome of the game. But, gosh, everyone knows about the DK Metcalf play in overtime. Yeah, yeah. What a display of, of hustle. And you, you see him slow up because the ball's not going to him. The second that ball's intercepted, and maybe it helps him have that effort that he's from Wakanda. And he knows he actually has a chance to catch um, Buda Baker. Buda Baker. Uh, not a lot of receivers. Maybe they don't think they even have a chance to catch him. But he hawks him down. And not only does he tackle him, but they hold the Cardinals on fourth and goal. And then they get zero points from the drive. What an absolutely remarkable story or, or and, and display of effort. But, gosh, Kyler Murray is in this situation because of Russell Wilson. Uh, the way he was drafted and the way he plays got Kyler Murray the opportunities that he has. And for them to go toe-to-toe, they threw a combined 98 times for a combined 77 completions and over 700 yards between the two of them passing. And, you know, Russell, with this three-pick game, he was in a room by himself. That door is now open. In comes Aaron Rodgers, in comes Kyler Murray, Derek Henry, Tom Brady, all the guys who want their shot at MVP. He was all by himself, and now it's a real race. And the Seahawks have a brutal schedule coming up for them. They haven't played many divisional games yet. They're going to play them. They're going to have to play some tough, tough teams. I think we're going to find out a lot about Seattle in the next five weeks. I think there's a real possibility they could be six and four in the next five to six weeks. Maybe they won't be, but it's possible. And uh, I have my reservations on the Seahawks. Yeah. One team we're finding more and more out about, though, the Los Angeles Rams. They pick up a 24 to 10 victory over the Chicago Bears. Both teams are now five and two. Um, you know, I told you on the live show, I think you pretty much agreed. L.A. needed to beat a good team. They did here. And they beat them handily. 
Yeah. Uh, a matter of fact, they almost embarrassed him. Their only uh, touchdown was late. Yeah, I'll I'll let you go from here. Uh, Jared Goff was fantastic. Uh, the game plan was fantastic. They carried it just over five yards a carry. Um, basically, whatever they do, whatever they want. And uh, Chicago wasn't able to do Jack Diddley. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, the Bears. Uh, you can't really unsee what you saw from their offensive line. Um, I do think they are a team at the trade deadline need to go get a weapon. Um, if they could muster up a package deal, maybe even send a defender to the Bengals and try and get A.J. Green, uh, who's on a one-remainder deal, compare him with Allen Robinson. But this, this too, I don't want to jump ship on the Bears completely. I don't um, either. Aaron, I don't either. Aaron yeah. Donald, is he not arguably the funnest player to watch in football? I could just watch yeah. Aaron Donald 60 plays a game. Um, but when it comes to the Bears, Goodness me. It was a perfect storm, though. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was able to play on their one big playmaker, Allen Robinson. And Aaron Donald was able to make life absolute hell for their defensive or their offensive line. Excuse me. 24 points is a score that can get you beat in today's NFL. But the Bears look absolutely lost. They traveled cross country to L.A. I get that. But on a turf field. You know, I think they're going to be much better. Like you said, against the Saints this week at Soldier Field, the more gritty games yeah. are definitely going to favor them. But that's scary that when they go and they play in, in a nice turf dome, they just look like the athleticism on their offense holds them back a lot. Um, I said they were my Super Bowl uh, pick out of the NFC, and I'd give myself at week 12 to make those ch changes. So as of right now, I'm going to stick with the Bears. I don't want to jump ship. And like Jeff, I do think they are going to beat the Saints this week. But the Bears are a team that are going to need to play outdoors. Um, if, if they end up having to go to Arizona in the playoffs or even Seattle on turf or Tampa or the Rams. New Orleans. It doesn't bode well for them. So they are in a hunt with the Packers for the division lead, which I think they could really use to, to because – if they get in as a wild card, I think that could spell danger for them. But in, just in this game, the Rams, they heard all the chatter. They can't beat good teams, and they yeah. came in, and they were the more dominant team from first whistle to last whistle, and they just beat down the Bears. If it wasn't for a fluke fumble by Robert Woods return for a touchdown late in the fourth quarter, this is 24-3, to and maybe they even go on to score later in the drive. Who knows? It's all speculation, but... Nick Foles looks like he could use one more weapon. And gosh, is he a statue? You know, we're right where he's going to be. And Aaron Donald just blew up the pocket from every which angle. And it was the perfect storm. Uh, most dominant defensive lineman in the game and a top three corner in the game. And that can spell a lot of trouble for a lot of teams, but it completely neutralized the Bears. Yeah. No, I agree. Absolutely agree. Uh, that covers it. That's every game. We went a little long this week. It's probably one of our longer game-by-game uh, -game episodes, but we had a lot to say on a few different teams, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we will be back Sunday for the live show. Uh, if you guys have not seen Brad's Facebook post, we will be live at 10 a.m., a new start time. Uh, that's per your guys' request. That's not something me and Brad are trying to do to get more sleep. That's uh, so you guys can get more sleep and so you guys can listen. But we are also setting the clocks forward this coming week. So 10 o'clock might seem like nine. So we'll see, but uh, we look forward to seeing you guys. 
Uh, Brad's on cloud nine with his team. I'm down in the dumps on mine, but uh, we'll be back to talk football on Sunday morning. Yep. Just a reminder, Steelers six and oh, in case you guys forgot about to be seven and oh, uh, Ravens are going to drop to five and two opening the door for the Browns to be second in the division. If they can win a few more, but um, yeah, uh, last live Facebook episode that we had, um, there was a lot, a lot of chatter in the comments, a lot of feedback, a lot of back and forth with the guys and gals that were watching. And we appreciate that. We, when we do the live show, I want you guys to be as active as possible on there and uh, really looking forward to a new week of football. Good luck to all your teams. Go Steelers. And uh, we'll see you on Real Talk Live on Sunday. Absolutely. If you guys haven't subscribed to the YouTube page, please go do that. I think you guys would like seeing us interact here. Uh, as I see Brad, you guys would see Brad. As he sees me, you guys would see me. Uh, also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, throw us five stars if you feel like we deserve it. And uh, if there's another way you're listening, tell people about it. Tell your friends. Uh, T-shirts available if you guys are interested. Message me. Thanks again. I'll see you guys later. Go Pets. Go Steelers and go blue. Go blue.